Hey, good morning. Welcome to Breakthrough Walls. I'm Ken Walls and I'm your host. And man, I'm still sweating from my workout this morning. So <laughs> listen, listen, I've got a really, really good friend of mine um, on the show today. This guy has, I mean, I, I know his story. Um, and I'm telling you, this dude has a story that will blow your mind. He has reached some unbelievable levels of success and I'll even let him tell you how old he is because that's probably the most mind blowing for where he's gotten to. So I want to welcome my good friend, Justin Jarrett to the show. Justin, welcome to the show, brother. Hey, what's up? Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Dude, uh, first, uh, likewise. can't ask how old I was. Apologize. I said likewise. I appreciate it. <laughs> so uh, I am 28 years old. Um, live uh, about an hour south of Florida. Yeah. About what? About an hour south of Florida. Uh, about an hour south of Orlando. <laughs> I was like, oh, you live in the Caribbean. Cool. Yeah, right? Nice, dude. So yeah. um, Justin's 28 years old, but let's 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 not start there. Let's start with. You know, this show is literally about um, you sharing your story in hopes of helping others have a breakthrough in life. And Absolutely. and so um, let's start with telling everybody where you were born and raised. Perfect. I was born in uh, Massachusetts and I was raised in New Hampshire in a small town in uh, called Milford, New Hampshire. Okay, well, thank you for being on. I appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> so you were raised now is that where you like went to school you went to elementary middle school all that in that area oh yeah i pretty much grew up uh, in milford new hampshire um i went to all my grade school i went to uh, high school as well i went to a little bit of college in a town called nashua new hampshire right right outside of uh manchester if anyone's familiar with that any of my friends uh, back home okay so um <laughs> Andrew says he lives in Cuba. I'm just now starting, <laughs> just starting to see the <laughs> the comments. So, so, so growing up in Massachusetts, in in the area that you grew up, I mean, what was it like for you growing up? Was was were you born in a into a very rich family and life's always been easy? <laughs> I'm I'm glad you brought it up like that. That that was perfect. Uh, it was actually quite the opposite. Um, you know, I grew up, I, um, you know, looking forward, I, I would like to think that my childhood shaped me to who I am today, but you know, as a child, you know, it was a little bit tough. It was a little rough. Um, it was, um, it was not your typical, uh, childhood, uh, raising that's for sure. What's, what's, um, what's that mean? What's, what's a typical childhood raising? <laughs> I guess that's a good point, right? What's typical? Uh, yeah. uh, I lived, um, I lived a bit of a tough childhood, um, Man, it's uh, it was a, a lot of struggle for sure, without a doubt. Um, yeah. yeah, tough, tough childhood. Um, but you know, looking forward, you know, obviously take that to take that looking at it in a positive kind of way, I guess. It it doesn't sound like you want to expand on the that <laughs> that ch tough childhood thing. Um, so, and I I get it, but like you know, for people who are currently, um stuck you know i i grew up in a very very unbelievably tough environment as a kid very poor very abusive household a lot of a lot of stuff going on man drugs alcohol all kinds of stuff and you know so um i i i've tried to help a lot of people that get stuck there and i'd love for you to you know just what what are some of the things that made your childhood tough you don't have to go into detail but what made it so tough like, at, like when you say that, it's like, well, I had to walk an extra block to school. Like, what's that mean? <laughs> In case anyone's wondering, this is like a masterpiece you're trying to crack. <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, dude, you're, 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 you're like, you're, 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 you keep everything so close to the vest. You're tighter than a bullfrog's butt, man. Like, has anyone ever played the escape room? <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, Right. But uh, I, I lived. Um, it was it was an abusive ch uh, childhood. My uh, parents weren't around as much as I would like to have them have been. Yeah. Um, 
you know, I was, I never really had anyone to give me much discipline growing up. Um, so I kind of did whatever I wanted. I was, uh, extremely reckless. I was, uh, got into, you know, drugs, a lot of drinking. Um, man, there, like I said, there wasn't much, there wasn't much discipline, which ultimately kind of led to all kinds of other crazy things. Yeah. So, so you got out of, out of high school. Um, you went through a lot of craziness as a kid. Um, probably probably self-inflicted a lot sure there was um a lot yeah like you said a lot of craziness a lot of it was self-inflicted you know i was uh in grade school all the way up to high school and a little bit of college that i had attended i was always the class clown always uh unfortunately always found myself in trouble it seemed like um for sure Uh, a lot of fights a lot of things that you know I'm not proud of, as you guys can see. I'm, you know, I'm a little reluctant to say just because I don't want people to see that as I am now. <laughs> just a little, <laughs> just a little. So, um, so, so you, um, so you went through. Um, some... I hope everyone is familiar with an onion. You know, you peel all those layers back. Yes, <laughs> that's right. So, so you went through all this stuff, man, and, and, and you, you end up that it's impressive that you went, um, that you went to any college, like, yeah, I gotta tell you something that, and like Ken said, I've been talking to Ken for a long time and he has guided me in so many great directions. And, um, you know, once I had got out of high school and I don't have, I don't think I've ever told anyone this besides my immediate family knows this about me. It's pretty interesting. So I guess I'll tell you the first time too. Okay. This is crazy. Oh, you've been holding back. I've me. been holding back. Wow. I bet none of you guys can imagine. Okay, let's roll. <laughs> let's do this. All right, so let's hear it. So this is crazy. So when I got out of high school, I had such a bad GPA. And I'm not I'm not kidding you guys when I tell you this. I had such a bad GPA when I got out of high school. Like I told you guys, I didn't really have much discipline. I didn't have anyone kind of reinforcing that I needed to um, do my homework, that I have a future that I have to look forward to. So, so when I – had got out of high school and it had been about a month before uh, I was deciding whether I was going to go to college or not. The obvious answer was I I was not going to because I didn't like school. I didn't like anything about it besides I kind of did some sports. But the one craziest thing is I sent all these letters out to everyone and I I don't remember what my GPA was. I want to say it was like less than 1%. I don't even want to tell you that, but I think it was something crazy low. I had sent all these letters off to all these colleges and I got denied from every single college. Right. Well, so, I think if it was less than one, you wouldn't have graduated high school. It was pretty bad. I don't know. I'm what sure. It was. I'll have to reflect, man. I'll have to look. But it was pretty. It was pretty rough. Yeah, that's all right. I think if it was higher than one, that's because I took like cooking, uh, gym, reset. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> but, so you uh, sent out. You sent out a bunch of letters. I sent out a bunch of letters. I got denied from everyone to co- so, to colleges. Yes, okay. I got turned down away from everyone. Everyone yeah. told me that that you know that my because my GPA I was turned down. I was turned down from every school I had applied to. Luckily enough, my it was funny. My my mom had been going to this college, so I had written up this big. It was about ten page essay of why I why this why they should reconsider me for college. And I wrote this big essay up. And I've always been a fairly good writer, even though I haven't dedicated my time to that. Right. Uh, um, but I've always been a fairly good writer. So I read this 10 page essay up on why they should have accepted me. And I had met with the Dean and they actually turned it around, believe it or not. They, they, uh, they, uh, said that they were going to accept me. So I had gone to school there for about a year. And again, yeah. I, I was a little hesitant to tell you guys, but I, I didn't take school as seriously, which I'm sure you can imagine in college. I did quite the same. Yeah. Uh, I, I continued partying, unfortunately, like crazy. And, uh, I had got kicked out of college because I was I got alcohol poisoning, unfortunately. So another <laughs> oh, wow, yikes! Another another, uh, another thing that I, I'm not so proud about, but ultimately that has shaped me to who I am today. Wow, dude! So you got kicked out of college for getting alcohol poisoning. By the way, your amazing I- wife is on the stream right now, and she just um, said that you are an amazing cook. <laughs> Oh no, that you are the best cook. <laughs> and you might have the best laugh, I think. I think so. If you don't laugh when I laugh, you you need a sense of humor. <laughs> yeah. You got a great laugh. So oh, so um 
he got kicked out of college for getting alcohol poisoning. So they didn't recommend any, like they didn't say, hey, you should go to a, an AA meeting or something. It, <laughs> they it just was threw you out. It was many things. I had got reprimanded quite a few times, but that ultimately was the deciding factor, I guess you would say. Wow. So, oh, yeah. um, so you got kicked out of college, and um, I had and, gone for and... just I had gone for just a couple months, my first semester of college, and um, everyone in my family is in the car business. And um, you know, I, I actually was going while I was in school. I was actually in the car business as well. I started my first job selling cars at Best Ford in uh, Nashua, New Hampshire. Okay. So, so, um, but however, after that, I started selling cars. Uh, full. I guess you could say I took it more as a job than anything. But I. That's when I, my really automotive career really uh, stepped forward or kicked off. So you started selling cars in college. Yeah. Mm-hmm. How'd you do? Oh. Uh, not so great. Not so great at first. I, uh, my mind was everywhere else where, instead of where it should have been. Well, where, what's, you know, I, what, what's that mean? I, I don't, what's <laughs> well, that? I, I, I preach this every day in the yeah. automotive industry, but you know, you can either look at it as a job or a career. And right. back then I treated it as if it was a job, a nine to five job. And, and I didn't take it as seriously as I should have. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, so, so you didn't do well at first, mm -hmm. um, and you, you got, so you ended up getting kicked out of college because, <laughs> because of, um, alcohol poisoning. Um, and then you went full time into the car business selling cars. Now you say that your whole family is in the car business. Is that what's that mean like they all sell cars everybody or Um some of my cousins sell cars. Uh some of my cousins are in finance, some are sales managers and mostly I have uh four uncles that are also in the car in management in the car business. Okay. Mm -hmm. Wow. Oh yeah. So it's kind of it's kind of in your blood. Oh yeah, for many many years, and then I have uncles up north, uh, quite a few family members that are in the car business. Wow, and I and I've always seen them driving nice cars, nice homes, and obviously you know most people look look to that as inspiration, I guess. Yeah, sure. So you um, you so you decided to go full time into the car business, and you you like did you experience like massive success after you got booted out of college or... oh no uh definitely not the the one uh thing that changed me the most was i was after i had gone out of college and i kind of had taken the car car business i was kind of in the car business full time and i had been starting to take it seriously um i had met um my wife luckily enough and she when i met my wife it changed everything so she's more um a lot more mature um, than I was at the time and quite a bit now as well. <laughs> um, she, uh, I, I, I've, I've very, talked to her. She, I agree. <laughs> she was very, very structured, um, very family oriented, yeah. uh, uh, very disciplined. So completely and totally different than what I was used to. Sure. Um, so once I had met my wife, I was selling cars and then that kind of was the biggest thing that ultimately kind of started the snowball effect of seeing the success that I wanted. So uh, let's talk about that for a minute. Did you, you said it started the success that you wanted. Mm -hmm. Did you really know what you wanted? I mean, how old were you then? 21, 20? I was uh, 19. 19? Yeah. You 20. didn't know what you wanted, dude. <laughs> Well, I, what I wanted, you know, I see nice cars, nice houses. So right. right. You want? Oh, you wanted the nice things. Yeah, you know, materialistic yeah. things. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I'm sure your wife didn't mind that either. So, she so, so, okay. So you started sell, and so when when you say you started experiencing success, did you did you hit like the Frank Crenitti levels? <laughs> I wouldn't say quite like him. He's kind of like a savant, <laughs> I guess you would say. Yeah. But in in 
having my childhood the way it was and being told that I was going to be nothing my whole childhood, um, seeing that I had a little bit of a bank account, um, seeing that I was driving a nice car when I didn't have a car to begin with. So that to me, it was in the, in my eyes starting to see success because now at that point I had, I had uh, financed a vehicle, which with my help of only myself, um, I had finally got a place of my own. Uh, so that, even though it's not success on a, you know, I sell a hundred or 150 cars, it was a slow step to success, you know? Right. Right. So you, so you, um, started doing well, very well. It sounds like, um, you got a Porsche 911 turbo. (laughs) (laughs) I, uh, I had got like a, a 10 year old Audi that I was financing a long time ago when I first, and I thought I was like the best person ever, right? I got an Audi, man. That's so awesome. Dude, those are nice, actually. <laughs> They're not bad. Yeah. If you knew which one I was driving, you probably wouldn't think, but. <laughs> yeah, well, hey. When you're, when you're 19, 20 years old, man, like, come on. Beats yeah. an old rust bucket Pinto. Yeah. Well, you don't but, even uh, know what a Pinto had- is. <laughs> when my wife, when uh, my wife and I had moved down to Florida, um, we had moved down here, and like I said, we had I, at this point I had a car that was fairly nice, I would say. Um, but when we moved down, we didn't move down with anything but really our clothes. I mean, we pretty much just drove down with no furniture, really. Um, we didn't really have a plan to go. We didn't. It's so funny. We were talking about this the other day. We didn't even. Ha- we didn't even. <laughs> <laughs> So when I met my wife, I gotta I gotta touch on that because it's pretty funny. When I met her, I I had this G, this Jetta. It had like two hundred and like fifty thousand miles. Oh my with god! The front bumper was hanging off, but it had flannel on the inside. <laughs> oh my god, that's, that's funny, kind of funny, dude. But uh, but when we moved down, um, you know, we've really accumulated so much stuff. It, it's it's it truly is amazing for me. And, and just to think that I haven't even scra- scratched the surface of where I'm going to be is just even more amazing. But w- when we had moved down, we didn't even know where we were moving. Truthfully, we didn't have any plans where we were going, what apartments we were going to, what house. We kind of just moved down and just winged it. We hoped for the best. But wait, 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 wait. So you're both from Massachusetts. We're both from New Hampshire. Or New Hampshire. Yep. Wait, I thought you said Massachusetts. We were we were actually both born in Methuen, Mass, but we were raised in New Hampshire. Got it, got it, got it. Okay, um, <laughs> Andrew, that's <laughs> funny. So, so, um, why did you all of a sudden, both of you, obviously young as heck, yep, and you just like decided. To hell with this New Hampshire, Massachusetts stuff. Let's <laughs> let's move to Florida. Like, just would you throw a dart on a map? What what was it? <laughs> um, well, my uncle actually had been a uh, general manager of a Ford store down here. Ah, uh, and uh, I was working at Ford up north, and um, she kind of was like, you know, she didn't like being up there, and we didn't really have anything tying us down, so we kind of talked about it a little bit. And if there was a time that we were going to move, it was going to be then when we didn't really have much to take with us. Uh, so she always wanted to go. And so we just decided to move. Wow. Yeah, we, we got in our car one week and just started started driving. In the, in the, you got in the Jetta? This, at the time, I was driving an Audi. Oh, you had the Audi. I traded in the Jetta because it yeah. had broke down. <laughs> <laughs> Did they give you anything for it? I'm just I kidding. I don't, even, I don't think so. Probably a hundred bucks. So yeah. a, a feel sorry for you trade in. So yeah. so um. So you you moved to Florida with not much at all. Definitely not. Did you? I mean, that's exciting though. As young kids. Yeah, absolutely. You think that, you know, when you're up north, everyone always wants to move to Florida just because, you know, you see palm trees and beaches. Yeah. So, yeah, it was was awesome. I mean, we both uh, look forward to it and we both wanted to move, so we moved. Nice, dude. So, so you, um, so you moved to Florida, you get a job at the Ford store? Yep. I had got a, I had got a job at uh, now Kelly Ford. Okay. Mm-hmm. 
and, and I started cars there. How'd you do? I did okay. Um, you know, kind of going back from where I was, I, I, I was doing okay, but I was still at the point where I was looking, I was going into work each day with not the right mindset. I was going into work thinking that, you know, this is a job, you know, not taking it as serious. You know, I, I knew I had wanted to do it, but I didn't know, I didn't quite know, how, you know, how to take it as a career, I guess you would say. Sure. But, sure. uh, we had got to a point when, uh, my wife and I were in, in a really bad point. You know, I, um, I, um, we didn't really have much. Um, I never forget this. And again, we were just talking about it. We, we always reflect because you always want to be grateful yeah. for the things you have today. And, and I'm a pretty big believer on that. Um, but I, I, um, you know, we had got to a point where we weren't making really much money and I was taking it as a job and, um, you know, we, we weren't able to pay our rent and stuff, and um, I, I never forget this. And it's probably one of the best things. Every, every year every year during uh, Christmas, we um, – we back then when we were – back then when we didn't have as much money, you know, my wife was always very creative, very um, artsy, I guess you could say. And uh, we had gone to the Dollar Tree, and we made Christmas ornaments out of these dollar ornaments that they had like a box of six – and you know we colored them with glue and glitter and you know that was probably some of uh, the best memories because you know just because you know now you know you look and, and you have so much stuff but you know back then it, it was it's so nice it's it's nice to not to have to worry about on the, all the materialistic things that you can appreciate you know the bare bones minimum which is kind of nice yeah it's but, the it's normally the simple things in life that that are are the the fondest memories. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. But but Christmas Christmas has always been fairly important to me and fairly big because you know that one Christmas that we didn't have much, um, you know we weren't we were struggling to pay everything that we had, and you know my wife had to sell her children's jewelry, her childhood jewelry, to try to you know pay our rent and get for presents. So for me, that was probably the biggest thing that struck this being a job to a career. That was like, I don't know if any of you ever got hit by one of those balls that swing, but that's what it felt like to me. Wow. So what you're saying is you, you, um, the pain became so unbearable that you finally made a decision. Oh yeah, that was probably the, out of everything that had happened, you know, I met my wife and that was probably the biggest, but if you look at the second biggest thing that I would feel where I've taken my life like in like a, I looked at it like in a glass ball, like I was like, oh my God, I need to, I need to turn things around, was probably that where, where you're at the point when you don't have any money. It was funny, we were, we were, I always think about this, you know, we, we had got juice and we were, we'd always mix like water and juice because, you know, we didn't, we wanted, we didn't want to keep drinking water, but we didn't want to, um, you know, always be drinking water, but we wanted to have different varieties, you know, right. it's, it's to, to tell you how little money we have. It was, was truly, I, I couldn't even stress to you. So, so, and this is while you, while you're selling cars at the Ford store in Florida. Yep. And and so you weren't selling many cars. <laughs> it doesn't sound I like not, I wasn't selling many cars. I, I purely was taking it as a job, not a career. So you were, and it wasn't a, a a lack of of talent. It was a lack of focus, a lack of taking it serious. Without a doubt, there's there's zero lack of talent. Um, it was purely mindset. It was purely thinking that I could do something when I couldn't, or do something when I could. That, right. That's truly it. Right. And, and so eventually after the pain of all that being brokenness <laughs> and, mm -hmm. and everything else, eventually you decided, all right, you know what? Screw this crap. I'm, I'm taking this, I'm, I'm taking this job serious. It's a career now and I'm going to, I'm going to make some things happen here. Yep. Absolutely. So what happened next? So I, um, I had a couple months where I did fairly good or Okay, when when you bring up Frank, I guess fairly good is is uh, <laughs> an understatement. However, I was selling at this point. You know, I quickly once that happened, it was like a, the, a massive change for me. Like, 
unbelievable. It's like you hit the lottery, and that's how big of a change it was for me. So my mindset has completely and totally flipped. I had I had now taken this job that I was going to every day and took it to a career where I was like, it's either I go in, I sell a car, or or I'm not leaving. I'm not gonna eat unless I freaking sell a car. So when I went into it like that, where I wasn't gonna let anything stop me, that's when I that's when everything changed. I mean everything. So I had been selling I had been selling cars for for a little bit, and um, I was told that they were gonna I was told that they were gonna send me to finance school. At this I was now at Palm Bay Ford. Um, I had been selling cars and I was selling 20, 25 cars a month or so doing fairly well. Um, a lot of repeat business, a lot of referrals cause I do take care, great care of my customers. Um, I had, they had been told, telling me that I was going to go to finance school. This is pretty interesting how this worked. So, sorry, I apologize. <laughs> I For what? Looking, I was looking at my phone. I apologize. So it, it was amazing. So I, had been going, I was selling cars and they told me I was going to go to finance school and I really wanted to get in finance. So I had been going in on all my days off, you know, listening to the guys in finance and, and, um, I knew it was important that I had to go to finance school and they kept telling me, yeah, 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 pushing me off. Yeah, you're going to sell cars. But typically speaking in the automotive industry, it seems like they never want to promote someone who's already doing well it seems like you know because they're taking a top salesman and they're ultimately going to put them in management they, they think in their heads that you know that's going to limit you or you're going to sell less cars or whatever the case may be right so I, I noticed that there was a guy that had kept going out he was like a auditor for finance and I had talked to him and I'm like hey I really want to get I, I no one wanted me getting into finance but I was freaking determined I was like Hell is gonna freeze before I freaking don't get in the finance. Right. I had this mindset, like I told you, this was job time. It was, this wasn't job time. Job time was a, whatever a year ago. It's career time. So I knew I had to make moves because I knew I wanted to get ahead. Right. So I had been selling cars. I got in the. I was determined to get in the finance because I knew ultimately that would make me a better desk guy, a better general sales manager, GM, and so on. Right. Um, you know, they, they were doing everything they could not to put me in the finance. So I had talked to this guy. He had gone out to his car, and I'm like, hey, man, I really want to get into finance, right? And he's like, well, you got to get it okayed with uh, – you got to get three referrals, the uh, finance director, the GSM, and a general manager. I knew for a fact the general manager, um, he would he would definitely – he, he loved me. Uh, he's a great guy. Uh, the GSM – didn't want me going into finance. The finance director definitely didn't want me going into finance. So I don't I don't necessarily want to put it out here, but I'm going to say it. Yeah, no, I wouldn't call them okay. out. <laughs> but I was determined. So they, yeah. uh, the GSM, I sat in front of them all day. I'm like, listen, I'm not going to go sell a car until you write me this letter saying that you're going to let me in. So and then I, I talked, to, talked them all into doing it, and they all gave me a letter of recommendation, which was nice. And I, um, they said they were going to pay for it. They didn't end up paying for it. So I said, well, I'm still going. So I paid for everything. So it was, it was pretty cool. That, yeah. that, that, again, was a big determining factor. So you got into finance? I, yep. Uh, after I had gone to finance, I had got into – after I went to finance school, I had got into finance. At the same dealership? Yep, same dealership, Palm Bay Ford at this time. Okay. And, and how, how did that go for you? Uh, it went good. Um, yeah. Finance. It, it's funny though, and, and I talk about this all the time. And and, and uh, some of the great guys that you kind of talk to and you know personally and on a great level, you know, you know, everything is all about mindset. It's yeah. so funny because in finance, you know, I had been thinking that twelve hundred, thirteen hundred, fourteen hundred dollars a car was like amazing, right? Like I'm thinking fourteen hundred a car seven, eight, nine years ago, whenever it was you know, was great. So I, every month I had been consistently selling, I had consistently been running about $1,400 a car or so, right? Yeah. So I had been talking to people and the guy's like, well, if you're really good, you'll be at 1800 So I'm like, so me, I've always been a big goal setter. Goals have been massive for me. And in finance, it's so funny because I kept my original sheet where I had written goals down with a plan and how I was going to execute it. And I wanted to be at two grand a car with you know x amount for warranty penetration maintenance and gap and product penetration all that stuff but shortly short again this was another big thing from job to career when i realized that 1400 was just average 
and 1800-2000 was good, I was trying to figure out how I was going to get the 2500. So for many years after for many years after that, I always was between two grand and 2500 every single month religiously. Wow. So and then finance that's fairly fairly good. So I I, I think uh, again there's a lot of people that'll watch this or that are watching it that are not in the car business, so they can't relate to any of that, including me. Um, but you know, I, I want to point out something that I think everybody can relate to. And if they can't, they need to. Um, and that is something that you said that you, you've done. And I don't know how long you'd start. I don't know when you started, but you said, I wrote everything out religiously, all of my goals and what I wanted to hit and the targets I wanted to hit and how I was going to get there. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, I had my whole, and now I don't do it as much as detailed, which I'm glad we're doing this because it, it it's now making me reflect. But yeah. but I mean, I was down when I was in finance. I was down to like down to the hour what I was doing. If you ever if you knew, I mean, I could take this sheet out and you could know from nine to ten I was training. From ten to eleven I was on the phone with the banks. From eleven to twelve I right. was I was doing something else. I mean, I was massively detailed. So um, you not, had your you had your your goals, but you also had your targets. You had your your day planned out every day, you knew exactly what you were doing every single day. Oh, without a doubt. Yeah. Without a doubt. I that mean, is I knew so crucially important. Oh, yeah. I mean, down to the hour, I'm telling you, I knew exactly what I was doing. You didn't yeah. even have to know me. If you had this sheet, you knew what I was doing. Yeah. And so that ultimately was what helped me, you know, get to that, you know, X amount per car or, or whatever. Right, right. So, so you did finance at this four dealership. Sounds I, had, I had became once I was in finance, I became the director uh, shortly after. How old were you when that happened? I was uh, 20 when I was a director, I was 24 years old, I believe. Director of finance at a car dealership at 24 years old. Mm hmm. <laughs> are, are there any other 24 year olds that are directors of finance at car dealerships? Uh, I haven't heard of one. But that Dude. doesn't mean they're not around there. And if they are, I, I love it. That's that's incredible. Like yeah. most, you know, in today's world, I read something recently that that the average 24, 20, the average millennial lives with their parents until they're like 25 or something now or something. I, I, mean, I don't know. That's, that's um, amazing because you think if that's the average, I mean, oh my gosh. That's unbelievable. No one should be striving for average. That's for sure. No, I, I know. But dude, <laughs> you're 20. I mean, here you are 24 years old and you're the freaking director of finance, meaning there's other F&I people working under you, right? Oh, yeah. Three. You had three. You had three. F were they were they all like 20, 21, 22? No, they were like in the 30s, 40s, 50s. <laughs> Dude, that is, <laughs> Andrew just said, Justin is actually in his mom's basement currently. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Um, so, so 24 years old and you're the freaking director of finance at a car dealership. And, and for those of you that are not in the car business, um, and I'm not, but I know a little bit about F&I income. And I know, I know, I know an F and I guy here locally in Columbus, Ohio, a friend of mine that makes about three fifty, four hundred a year as as an F and I. Um, so there, there's a lot of great money for F and I people. I would imagine the F and I directors do do even a little bit better. I would imagine. I'm I'm making that up because I don't know. <laughs> the one biggest thing though, and I don't mean to go back, but the one biggest thing that that you know, I preach, and if you know me on a personal level, you know that I, I treat every person. The problem is that you get with the younger guys. It seems like is when you get in the management, everything switches. You know, like people automatically feel entitled. People stop doing things that they did before they got into management. And if you know me personally or have ever worked with me, there is not anything in this entire world that I wouldn't do. I do everything. If if I'm gonna ask you to do something. I would do it a hundred times over if I wasn't able to do it at that second. And right. that's a fact. 
you know, I treat everyone as if I would want to be treated every day, no matter what position I've ever held. I've always done that. I've always, I've always made sure I've taken great care of people and made them feel special because if they buy them from me, they are special. And I want people to understand that. You know, I, I think that that's something else that's incredibly important is you're willing to, to roll up your sleeves and get in there and, and, and do whatever needs to be done. Absolutely. Um, that that's that's such a key to success so so you um so you went in you were the finance director how long did you do that i mean now we're talking we're only talking a four-year period between then and now so like what how long did you do finance directing uh (laughs) i was uh i was before they made me like the official title as a finance director because before that, I had done all the descri- I've done all the duties on the description, but actually getting paid for it was probably two years, I would say. Wow. Two years or so. What What happened after the finance director thing? Um, again, a, a crazy thing happened. So, I had uh, this was again another turn. I've 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 constantly had things that seemed as if they would put me on my back. However, you know, I've always moved forward from whatever I've ever done. Any kind of obstacle, I've I've hurdled as if it was not even there. So I got to tell you a quick story just so you can kind of understand. I, I, um, the GSM there at at the time, I, um, I, uh, was, had a great relationship. He's, he's known my family for a very long time. Uh, he's a great guy, very knowledgeable. Um, very good guy. Uh, knows the car business in and out. Um, massively, he's huge in the car business around here. You know, he he. Um, we kind of had butted heads a little bit. We didn't really see eye to eye with a few certain things, just to kind of keep it, keep it. I guess you could say on a nicer scale. You know, I had just bought my house right now. It was it was probably again one of the things that made me even stronger and even more determined than I've ever been. One of those kind of kind of obstacles, I guess you could say. Yeah. Uh, I had just bought my house and I had gone into my, I had overspent a little, maybe not overspent, but I, um, I had got my mortgage and a, a big house and um, we had a hurricane shortly after. And uh, I got back from the hurricane and um, he had, I walked in, I'll never forget this. I walked into the store and everything had been perfect. I mean, I have never had anything like no, no, inclination no nothing and i walk in and they had let me go like a week after i had just bought my house it was whoa it was amazing they let you go as director of finance they let me go as a director of finance what did what they they think you caused the hurricane or something i mean what was that all about was it not going well no, I mean, it was going great. However, the, I, I believe that the GSM was probably fearing that I was going to maybe maybe threatened by me that I was, you know, I was always the one that was doing the right thing. You know, I was always making sure that everyone was being taken care of. I was properly motivating people. I was always training people. I've always I've always done that because I'm a pretty big believer. I'm a massive believer. You know, you want to take care of the people around you and you also want to train them. You know, you want to People, if you were interested in selling more cars, man, I would train you for train you for everything I I know. You know, if you want to get in the finance, I'll I'll train you for finance. So you know, right. I, I want to surround myself around people better than me. Right. So, right. Um, there, they that maybe wasn't the case. So, so you think that the GSM was threatened by you? Maybe. Oh, hundred percent. Really? Without a doubt. <laughs> I love it, man. <laughs> That's sure. awesome. And so he <laughs> fired you. I, I've been there, man. That's awesome. I love that. I love the, that. Uh, our general manager had been going around him and asking me about certain questions. So I guess looking back, playing it into my head, I mean, I, I, I guess I see it now. But at the time, I mean, I was at the top. I, I mean, our store, our, our department had never been cleaner. Yeah. Our, our, um, our contracts in transit were never better. Uh, our numbers were never better. Um, I, I mean, we were just at the all-time high. So, so, uh, it's, so uh, you, so you, um, 
it, it's unfortunate, but it was looking back, it was by far, hands down, the best thing that ever happened to me. One of the best things that ever happened to me, for sure. So what happened after that? You 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 get uh, you get fired for insubordination. <laughs> I'm kidding. No. So, so, so you I get fired. You get you get let go. Um, this and, was the worst. Uh, and and to tell you a little bit more about my story. Well, hold to, hold on. I have a question because you said after I got back from the hurricane. What's that mean? Like you went to the hurricane or something? What? <laughs> no. So there was a hurricane, and where I lived, you evacuate. Oh, to evacuate. Yeah. Oh, gotcha. See, so, so that, house, I, I'm not a, I'm not a Florida dweller. So, <laughs> so my house is all boarded up, right? I'll yeah. never forget this. This is the worst. So it's all boarded up and, uh, my wife's parents come down to help move us in. Right. Yeah. We boards up. Right. I go to work. Like one of the first days I come home at 11 o'clock to oh. my, Oh yeah. It was terrible. Oh, that's... So my wife's sitting there crying on the couch. What are we going to do? And I promise you, I hope all you guys ask her. I said, this is the best thing that could have ever happened to us. I promise you. I said it over and over again. I was so massively confident that this was the best thing that ever happened to me. Yeah. I mean, it was like, you get that feeling, that fire. I was like, I am so determined. And, and that's that's what happens. Yeah. Well, I mean, when, when your mortgage is only 800 bucks a month, dude, it's like, you can, or you can handle that. Huh? Or five thousand. <laughs> right, right. I don't so, know. so like, so you went to um, all our our buddy Aggie Hall's on here. I just saw her. Hey Aggie. Um, hey, what's up? So so um, so you went to or, or you so you lost your job. What happened next? Where where'd you go from there? Well, first I had uh, I had been getting calls from all the reps. Hey, what the heck happened? Like everyone was in shock. Because yeah. I'm sure. you would never in a million years think that this would happen. Like, it's so funny, but you know, you 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 say you know things are are happen for a reason, but you don't realize it until it happens. But I was so like so, I couldn't believe it, but yet I was so happy on the inside. Like I was, it, it was the weirdest feeling in it. And if you've never had this feeling, it's hard to describe. But it was it was like a feeling like oh my like like the 10 elephants are now off my shoulders. Like, I'm like, all right, now I can regain my, even though I was, even though I was on top of what seemed like the universe, you know, yeah. making great money, making a finance director at a very young age, you know, leading, leading a couple great guys, you know, running ultimately our whole store. I mean, that was amazing. However, after that, when it happened, it was even just that much more amazing. You know, when I had let go and I felt that sense of happiness, sense of, like completion, like, okay, now I can move forward. Now I've, I've done that. Now I can move forward. Well, that's how I looked at it anyways. Most people would have maybe been in fear, but I, I told my wife, I, never forget. I, I told her this specifically. I said, this is the best thing that could have ever happened to us. Wow. Mm -hmm. And, and so you moved on and, and you went somewhere else. I, uh, I had gone to, uh, work for a local dealer, a great company. They've been around. I'm, I'm currently with them right now. Uh, Boniface hires a, an amazing group, a bunch of great guys, uh, from the management down. Um, I, I could not have, I could never ask for a better group to work for. Okay. So you, you, and that, and is it still Fords? It's not Fords. I had, uh, I had <laughs> left and I, I was going to take some time off, but I, I've always been a worker. Right. Yeah. So I'm like, you know, maybe I'll take some time. Maybe I'll take a couple weeks off. Maybe I'll take a month off. I don't know. But the next day it seemed like I called, I had called and I live in a small town. Everyone knew. So I'm getting calls. Hey, where are you going? Hey, where are you going? So, um, uh, Al and AJ have, had called me at that point and they were like, well, when do you want to start? And I'm like, well, you know, I'm not sure they're like, you want to start today? So I'm like, I'm like, I'm like, I'll start tomorrow. <laughs> so it happened fairly quick. Wow. That's oh yeah, a, that's incredible. And was that as a as a just selling cars again, or so, so I went from finance director, and then um, I went to Kia, our, our Kia store, and I was I got put back in the finance. Oh okay. So I had worked in finance at our Kia store for about a month, and then they they moved me as a sales manager. So you're GSM. Yep. At that uh, point. From, uh, no, no, no. From our Kia store, I went from finance 
and then I only stayed in there for about a month. Okay. Then I went from finance to sales manager at our Kia store. Uh, I was there for about a year or so, uh -huh. and then um, Boniface had bought our Chevy store. So about a year after I had taken the position as the sales manager at our Kia store, uh, they had promoted me to a GSM to open up and run our new Chevy store. I got you. Is there a difference between a GSM and a sales manager? A uh, sales manager is going to more work your deals. Um, gotcha. Typically just work the deals. Um, not really have much. They'll, they'll train. They'll work your deals. Yeah. Uh, your typical sales manager, of course. Yeah. Typical. Yeah. Okay. So you went to GSM at the new Chevy store. Yep. And, um, and y you've done, obviously, you've done very well. I have done definitely well. Um, you know, yeah. we had taken over a store December 14th, a Chevy store that was massively underperforming. Um, you know, you, I, rem I never forget this. I remember walking in there and I've always been a, a huge energy. Like, like I come into a place and like, it's like, holy shit, this guy's here. Yeah. And, um, you know, just cause I love that energy. I want people to freaking have energy. Yeah. So I come in there and it was like a morgue. We were just talking about this yesterday. It was real, real. Uh, you walk in there and felt like scared. You're like, "What the heck is this?" You like felt uncomfortable. Wow. Like I didn't even want to work there, let alone buy a car there. So. Wow. And one thing, and I've always been very big with goals, very big with my plan and execution. I had written down. It was funny because I had drove by the store uh, many times to see, you know, to examine a few things. How many people were outside? Uh, I had written down goals on what I, how I was gonna t take this store to the next level. I had written down a plan, uh, goals along with a plan and how I was gonna execute each one. Uh, what I was gonna do each day, each month, and my goals for those months. Um, so I had got there and I told the one biggest thing that I wanted to do was change the atmosphere. It's the one biggest thing that I picked up. So I changed the atmosphere, I put on some uh, you know, great music. I surrounded myself around a massive amount of positivity. Um, and that was one of the biggest things that changed us. So again, I want to go back to, you wrote out your goals, you wrote down what you were going to do, what you were going to change, how you were going to change it, what it was going to be like. You did it in detail on a day-to-day -day basis, department by department and, and, and month by month. So you literally, create you wrote out your future what it was going to be for you and everybody there oh yeah the, the the one best thing and i'm just thinking about this now and i'm so glad i thought about it so when i had gone there they were selling 50 to 60 cars a month and i had wrote down that within three months we'd be selling 200 cars and i'm telling you every single person i told that to they, they were like it's impossible right they're selling 50 cars. I'm like, I'm telling you, in three months, we are going to sell 200 cars. I told everyone this. I said, I told the owners. They're like, they're like, that's a good goal, but you know, it's it's gonna be probably pretty hard. You know, plan to do 200 in a year, right? And I'm thinking, I'm like, 200 in a year. I'm like, in three months. So, like I told you, I've always been very big with my goals. Yeah. And written my plan on how I was going to do it. And in three months, with my goals and execution, we hit 200 cars in three months. Wow. So, and wow. that's 400, what is it, 400% of the business in just a matter of a couple months? That's insane, dude. And and so, you, I mean, that that I think is the one of the biggest things. Well, I'll ask, I'll ask your opinion. Um, you know, this is about you. So, so what do you think? And, and I, I can't, can you believe it's already been almost an hour? Um, it, it goes so fast. So what do you think, um, the biggest thing is that holds people back from success in life? I mean, you, <clears throat> excuse me, you've worked with a lot of people, obviously, um, you manage a lot of people. What is it that that you see stops people from from achieving true success? And and I don't mean just financially, but financially is a good place to to start. Sure. The one easily the biggest thing that changed my life, it'll change your life, it'll change every single person's life is purely having a different mindset. 100% that. It's being able to to not just 
think you can do it, but know you can do it. I mean, that's huge. Simply by thinking, you know, just by writing your goals out, you know, I would like to own a Ferrari or whatever you want to say, or I will own a Ferrari. It's so much more powerful saying I will versus, you know, I'm thinking of or just writing it. So just having that mindset of, of taking it from saying you think you could do something to knowing you can, or he does that because of this by realizing that you have the same opportunity, the same capability as any person in this entire world. So, but here's the thing, dude, you were like, you were raised in a, in an abusive environment. You said you had all this stuff going on. You got in trouble a lot as a kid. You got booted out of college for, um, alcohol poisoning. Um, which I've never, that's the first time I've ever heard that. Um, but so you've, you've been through all this stuff, like, dude, I mean, you have the right to be mad and, 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 and upset and not, not achieve high levels of success. Right. Sure. I mean, I have every reason why the person didn't cut their yard across the street, but right. I don't let anything impact. You know what I mean? I could be mad at so many things. I can, I can reflect it and, you know, see some, someone said something I didn't like, but you know, I have done something I write down. One of my goals is I every, each and every day, I don't want to surround myself around any negativity at all. Right. And, uh, that just keeps me to, it puts me to that next level. And I couldn't mean that anymore. I mean, it's so powerful to be able to just, not focus on all the negative things that go on in life and just turn everything into a positive. And, and I do that without a doubt, hands down each and every single day. Have, what about the person that's stuck? Because people get stuck. They get this mindset of, you know, poor me. I went through this. I, I can't do that. I'm blah, blah, blah. What about that person that's stuck? What do you say to them? How do you get them out of that, that, poor me place mm -hmm. that, that's a great question um, you know and there are a lot of people unfortunately in not the best positions however the longer you sit in that position and think negative and, and you know let your life and, and your body and your mind consume all that negativity I mean you're gonna it's gonna be a snowball effect so I, I know it's a little easier said than done to say you know you know I, I had lost my job and you know um, you know, I lost my job and, you know, now the world's going to end. I didn't even say that. Like I told you guys, I was saying this is the best thing that could have ever happened to me. So the more positive, the more, and the more positive energy you can bring into yourself, you know, the, the better outcomes you'll have. You know, one thing that I've changed massively is sounds crazy, but meditation, you know, foreseeing the future, manifesting what you want. And that stuff is so powerful. And it, I'm fairly new to it, but it's so even just a few months that I've been doing it, it's it's life changing. Truthfully, I know, I know. I've been doing that for a while. I I, I love you. Uh, you called me one day and you're like, dude, I manifested a cup of coffee because I told you to. At, hey, just manifest a cup of coffee. Tell tell that I, story. I, I manifest. <laughs> It happened actually. I was actually just gonna text you. It happened two more times. Oh my god! It's, it's I I can't even make it up. But does so, it ha Was it happening before though? Was it like before all that? Did did it ever happen? No. Uh, and, and manifesting is just foreseeing something in the future that's gonna happen ultimately. Yeah. So I had focus, and, and uh, Ken was like, you know, manifest something. See how powerful your thoughts are. The energy you give off, right? And I'm like thinking in my head not having any knowledge of this i'm thinking what the like like what is this seeing the seeing what seeing the future seeing things in the present <laughs> like it was so unfamiliar to me i'm thinking i'm like well what the heck does that like why would i do that right so one day i was like all right you know what ken's a pretty smart guy he kind of has knows a lot about a lot of things <laughs> so you know what i'll try it so i did it i had manifested and he's like just you know just say one, just one thing. So I'm like, you know, someone's going to leave me a cup of coffee on my desk. So I swear to you, this is, <laughs> I'm at a loss for words. So I, I had manifested that someone was going to leave a cup of coffee on my, de on my uh, desk. So I had uh, walked into work one day, uh, two days after this had happened. And there was a coffee sitting on my desk with a straw in it. And I'm like, 
what the heck? This is the weirdest <laughs> thing I've ever seen. Uh, just just after manifesting, and again, this has never happened to me. I never did it. I never asked anyone for it. I never t- gave anyone any clues. <laughs> wow. It just happened. It was amazing. But uh, I texted you right away. I'm like, you'll never believe this. I texted my wife. I texted my friend. I'm like, I, how the heck did you know? I'm like, oh, well, you always drink coffee. I'm like, man, that's weird. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome, dude. Yeah. So, so uh, you know, you um, and I've <clears throat> I've seen you come a long way, dude, in, in just the few months that you and I've been been talking. But, um, you know, have have you won any awards in your career? Absolutely. Um in finance, I won a bunch of awards. I, I yeah. won. Uh, I was in top one. I was in the number one place, number two place in finance. Um, in our Kia store, we shortly after I had got there, and they were doing great before. But you know, we had won the president's award, which was very good. We had been all the top of all the sales. Um, when I got to our Chevy store, after that, we had been the largest growth in a short. I can't remember the quarter one. We won it in uh, we won it in the first quarter. Um, we had won other things, but on a personal level, I just recently won the Space Coast um, Business Top 40 Under 40. And That's what that awesome. was was basically um, for all the boldest um, entrepreneurs, uh, leaders around with the biggest influence on the community. Uh, that's how they came up with that. But I won the Space Coast Top 40 Under 40. Congratulations, dude. That's Thanks. that's that's totally awesome. So so like. What's what's next for you, man? I know you're still the GSM over there. You're killing it. You're having a lot of fun. Um, and that is one thing that I, you know, when I talk to you about, like you, you have a lot of fun when, you, oh, yeah. like, you're helping a lot of people. You're, I mean, what's what's coming up for you, man? Well, one of the biggest things with the automotive industry, and like you said, you know, you want to create that fun atmosphere. You don't want to ever dread going to work. Right. And that's one thing that I, I wrote down. I'm like, I want this place to be where people feel happy to go to, where they feel comfortable, where they're, where they're having a great time. So we've created that energy, which is nice. Um, however, for the future, is I, I want to try to help as many people as possible. My goal I, I see it every day. I, I want to impact, a positively impact and influence one million people by the time by August sixth of two thousand and twenty. Uh, the significance of that is by the time I'm that's when I'm thirty. So um, I, I think about it as one million, but I think I set my goal too low. <laughs> but um, but one, the one biggest thing that people lack, and not to go back to my childhood, but as your ch- people grow up with a with not enough confidence. And, and that's one thing that I want to instill in people. I want people to know that no matter what happened in their past, no matter what they're dealing with in the present, there's no reason why you're not, there's no reason why you can't be confident. There's no reason why you can't have the mindset of someone at the top of their game. So just bringing, bringing, bringing as much influence in the people, trying to create as many leaders as possible. Right. Love it, dude. I love mm-hmm. it. So listen, <clears throat> We're at the, uh, we're, we're, we're out of time, bro. Um, <laughs> Sounds good. Dude, you are, um, you're one of my favorite people on the planet. I'm, I'm like honored to call you a friend. You're, you're incredible, man. I, I, I mean, there's yeah. not, I, I don't know that I'll ever meet anyone at your age that's accomplished what you've accomplished so far. I think the sky is the limit. You got so many positive things coming for you, man. It's amazing. Absolutely, and I can promise you this, and and I'm I'm glad this is going to come up on my newsfeed in many years to come. Yeah. To think how far I've came in such a short amount of time, yeah. and to think that I truly have not even scraped the service, and I mean that, and I'm a hundred percent confident while telling you that. Um, you know, I'm looking forward to the future, and and hopefully I can impact it. I influence each and every person that you know looks at my posts watch my video. You know, I hope I have some kind of positive influence on you each and every single day. You're awesome, bro. You're awesome. To think that in nine years, you've gone from broke, getting booted out of college for alcohol poisoning to, to where you are now in the high six figure. I, I won't disclose how much you make. I do know. Um, but, but the high six figure, high six figure income bracket Dude, that's amazing. Amazing. Doing well. And again, it, it was strictly the diff- it was the biggest 
shift was having the mindset that I could do it. Yeah. You know, and and you know, you say at 24, you know, you did this. However, there's people at 50 doing it. There's no reason why I can't be doing it. That's right. So you know, I've had that mindset that you know, no matter how old I am, no matter what kind of education, which is barely any, you know, I'm gonna. There is nothing. There's no person in this world that's gonna stop me from doing what I want to do. Love it, bro. Love mm-hmm. it. Thank you, man. I appreciate you coming on the show. It's been a while. We've been talking about it, and you finally you're on. Love <laughs> I'm it. On. Thank you, you got so much. you have an awesome story, and I know you have a lot of people to help in this world. So, thank yeah. you to everybody who's watched this and shared it out and commented and and like it's amazing. Justin, you rock. Everybody, <laughs> make sure you go follow Justin on Facebook, and are you on Instagram as well? Uh, Instagram and LinkedIn. And LinkedIn, um, yeah. and and it's um, just what just look for Justin Jarek. Yep, just Justin Jarek. J, uh, Justin J A R E K. Okay. Yep. All right. So stay on here with me for a minute, Justin, and we will see you guys tomorrow. Thank you all so much. Have an awesome day, and we will see you later. Take care. <laughs>